country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat me a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to the country, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to the country, gonna eat a lot of peaches. I took a little nap with a little soft twist. Switched to riding peach in my fist and dreamed about you, a woman. We are back for another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcasting. Jace, what is happening, my brother? Not much, man. Just relaxing on this beautiful, I guess, near summer day. Yeah, man. Quite nice out. It's perfect. It's not 90 like it was on Tuesday. No, I got I got the, the good long sleeve Predator Fly sun shirt because I can't take the sun, but you need it because it's cool. It's like a beautiful day we've had a, the last couple days here like you said 90 earlier in the week kind of seemed too much i'll tell you what i had to put a flannel on yesterday morning while i was mowing grass oh dude i started mowing grass like seven in the morning i was all my neighbors love that i was <laughs> on the lake and yes there were stocking caps out dude, people were fishing we just went you know try to fish some deep stuff for walleye and it was uneventful like always oh i'm a shore fisherman dude boats are yeah i guess if hose came with boats, I'd get a boat. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it, it's a lot of work. And if you're not always at it to read the electronics, see, I'm lucky I know some of, some of the areas. Like, that's my thing. I knew them previously. I just know them. You just remember of, them. Well, kind of more know them now with using different electronics. Back in the day, a fish came across your a goldfish came across your screen. You know, you didn't know what the hell was going on. Now you got, like, the side, the down imaging. You got... It's a whole different ball game in in the thought process of reading it, that's for sure. Hey, speaking of goldfish, we have a guest coming on this evening, Eric Johnson. He was the dude that uh, put on the Carpaside Minneapolis tournament uh, two weeks ago. So we're Is that like a virtual? It's normally like an in-person carp tournament Meet. in Minneapolis, Minnesota. But this year, due to everything that was going on and not 
being able to uh, congregate, or I guess you call it. Uh, they did a virtual tournament, so uh, we'll let him tell us more about it. Um, but tonight's show brought to us by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. Also, Eric's Hooks. Check them out, Eric'sHooks.com. Tonight's show is being brought to you live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check them out at UrbanFlyCompany.com. Uh, when Mark gets back, he had to run home real quick. Uh, something for Scott. So, uh, but when he gets back, he got some stories. Uh, one of a one of our mutual friends has been catching some some goofy fish on his flies. So, it's pretty cool. Do other than other than e-socks. There you go. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. Some some stuff in the salty bass world. Ah, yeah. No, I I don't know. A lot of flies. You know, they could be for an application, but in the, in the fisherman's eyes, he could probably take them anywhere and do something with them. So, yeah, I'd uh, like to hear about it. Also, uh, tonight's show brought to us by Sims. Check them out at simsfishing.com. Also, Allsdorf Genetics. Let's put them in there. Mark's tying with the, the good stuff, and there may be some possibilities for some purchases and, of those, right? Yeah, and if you want to buy it, you got to check that out. UrbanFlyCompany.com. Check them out. Uh, check out Yeti, Built for the Wild. Check out Why Not Fishing, their app, The Dock. It's a, it's a good. So Also, uh, Queen City Guiding, if you're looking for some kind of fishing this summer, you know, you know, aren't particular about the species or don't know what to do on a whim, check him out. He's an everyday fisherman and a good friend of ours. That's at QueenCityGuiding.com. Speaking of Queen City Guiding, I'm holding one of the slides right now. Uh, Ryan also has flies for sale. Oh, yeah. So, so Jace, you, uh, you acquired a vessel. Secretively. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> I don't know. When, you, when, when stuff's laying on the side of the road, is it trash? I think so. You're just uh, picking up litter. Trash and treasure, right? I... I, I Chad mentioned I made a, like took somebody's boat at mid boat ride, but I was like, nah, it looked like it sat there a little bit, you know. Was there a day or two? Yeah, stalked it. Yes, it stalked it. I was like, <laughs> ah, it's still out there in that field. I'm gonna get it tomorrow. Yeah, it was just hanging out. But it's it's a blow up raft. It was probably the cheapest thing you could get to have access to some water that right now is shut down. Not not shut down water, but Properties coming in, and this this is hard. There's no more trespassing in this day and age, and and saying you didn't know and shit like that. And I just don't need another talking to or worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I'm the guy that gets the fine, and I'm like, yes, sir, pay it up. <laughs> I hate when my wife gives me a talking to, let alone police officers. And oh, you know, <laughs> oh, I could just imagine having a wife. <laughs> Lucky uh, I don't got that. You get the talking tos quite a bit. Yeah, and that's the hardest part. You got to talk to them, girls. That is right. <laughs> At some point, if it ain't fishing, I'm like, man, you you want to go fishing? They probably not talking about my type of fishing, but all girls say they like fishing. They're cat they, fishing till they got to go fly fishing with me. <laughs> it's all dirty. My shirt's dirty. <laughs> my hands are dirty. So I I took a little kid out fishing today. Speaking of fishing, uh, he never. He's from Erie. He's my cousin's son. He never seen a smallmouth before didn't know what a smallmouth was oh, they got those yeah I they're said, in Erie. i said you're in the mecca of smallmouth buddy so oh, if you want to be a good smallmouth fisherman you go out for like two months and you'd be you'd catch enough for the rest of the year so i i took him to a little uh little creek that i used to live by and it was rough man it was low clear there were no fish around 
Uh, we started off, he was throwing a Rapala. And I was like, oh, dude, that's that's a little bit too big for in here. So we, we cut it off, put on a little twister tail, a little lead head and twister tail. Got eight. I, I was showing him how to cast, and I saw one coming, and I cast to it, and I set the hook. Fish jumped. It was like a 14-inch fish. We finished fishing that creek, and then I went to an, another little spot that I don't normally walk and wade. And what happened? Okay, I have a my spinning rod. I haven't used it in years and years and years. And the line was so frayed and choppy. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Put the Rapala back on. And we were walking out, and I was holding all the all the crap, everything. But I made a cast by this one down tree, and a big smallmouth came up and ate it. And broke me off right on the hook set. And then the fish jumped up like three times. I was like, Aiden, mm. see? See that? They're really aggressive. He's like, yeah, I thought they were just fish uh, trying to trying to live their lives. But <laughs> but that, that really changed my mind about these smallmouth. They're, they're really aggressive. I said, yeah. I was like, you want to try to catch one more? He's like, I do want to try to catch one. So we went and we stood at the little kayak launch. And he was throwing a little floating Rapala. I was like, all right, buddy, two more casts. He made one cast, nothing. Last cast, he reeled it in, and a little smallmouth came up and whacked it right in front of him, like right in the last like eight cranks of the last cast. And he got to watch it all happen. He was like, I like Oh, dude, that's uh, uh, for me, I don't know, that gear stuff, it's addictive. I bet he likes it, you know. You see it, you see it right there, and that's what keeps coming back. So I told him, I said, you live near? guys go to the peninsula all the time? Take a spinner bait. I said, just take a, take a spinning rod, take a couple of Rapalas, and walk your way around the, the rocks, the, the bay. Form. Yeah, no, and, that's, it's prime time right now. You yeah. get them good. Guys are psh, they're spending whole days out there murdering the smallmouth. Then that's it's all good and fun, right? Yeah, man. Big, fat, brown fish. Eerie is it's happening. So uh, we do have to get going. Uh, we're gonna come on back with uh with our guest, uh, Eric Johnson from the Carpus side. The spider's badass fat old abdomen stuck in the bucket seat. Little dune bugger in the sand. Little blue dune bugger in my hand. And we are back with Eric Johnson, the uh, organizer from this year's Carpaside Tournament. What's going on, Eric? Not much, man. How are you guys doing over there? Oh, we're doing great. So uh, let's uh, let's start the evening off talking a little bit about the Carpaside. How did it go down this year? Um, how big was it? How many people? Sure. Uh, how many people? Sure. Played? <laughs> the uh, the tournament was last Saturday. It was the sixth version of Carpicide, the Carpicide 6 on June 6th. We were one six away from um, having to shut the tournament down, but uh, <laughs> it, it went really well. We had a lot of really great participation. Um, it was my first year organizing the tournament, and so there were some learning curves for me, but um, you know, we had a great turnout. We had a good day out in the water, and 
uh, it was really fun to see what folks were up to kind of across the country. Now, uh, Carpicide historically has been a local fly fishing contest here in the Twin Cities in, in Minnesota. Um, but we ended up opening it up to anyone who thought they could catch carp this year and um, had about 50 folks sign up for the tournament. Um, lots of good engagement. And, yeah, it was rad. How, good many, time. how many fish were registered? Um, good question. Um some of the details of the tournament means that I wasn't really paying attention to all the fish that were being entered. <laughs> um, we probably had uh, a good 20 or 30 carp that people were landing. Um, but the, the goal of Carpicide really is to be sort of that anti fly fishing tournament or anti fishing tournament period. Uh, and so we did have prizes for, um, longest linear inches for your top three fish. And we had a prize for biggest carp, but, one of our big goals really was to get people out and get out on the water and have a chance to win something that um, they might have a chance, even if they're not the best angler. Um, and so we had prizes for things like best social media presence or you know, documentation of the day. We had prizes for um, ugliest fish because carp inherently are hideous, hideous beasts. Um, so we had some good entries there. and They're the um, opossums of the water. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. And funny enough, one of the guys uh, ran into a possum on the water and caught a couple shots of it. He looks like he might've taken a, a few, two extra steps on some backwater. Do you know offhand how many total States like people were from that were involved in it? Um, yeah, I don't know the exact count, but it was at least eight, um, which was really fun to see. Um, you know, I kind of expected a handful of, of folks out in Wisconsin to fish it. We have had people come up from other states to the Twin Cities to fish it in the past. So I was kind of expecting a couple of other out-of-state folks to, to sign up. But I was very impressed with the kind of reach that we were able to get uh, on kind of short notice, really. Um, and for being a pretty small, locally organized event, um, we had a lot of really good turnout. It was cool. I mean, we had folks fishing out in Texas, fishing some flats out there. I know a couple of you guys were fishing it there in Pennsylvania. Um, people were in Wisconsin were hitting some water. We had a couple of guys in Nebraska and Iowa, um, Missouri, kind of, you know, kind of all over the place. And taking it over this year, I think if you could run a, an efficient tournament this year, <laughs> being your first year, I think you could do anything. <laughs> yeah, there man, there were a couple that. hurdles thrown at you. <laughs> we had... We had a couple of curveballs happen just about every week, it felt like. But, um, yeah, you know, I, we we started out uh, organizing this this version of the tournament back in January. Um, like I said, I fished the tournament for the first time last year and um, got connected with Jared and Carson, the original organizers. And they were looking to do something a little bit bigger, something a little bit more involved. And I had um, some event space available to me. I work for a brewery here in the Twin Cities, Modest Brewing Company, and they were super jazzed about having some folks come out for an after party. So we were kind of designing a, a tournament that would be uh, spread out over a couple of days. And, um, you know, January hit, we got a, a lot of things in order and then February hit and we had to scrap just about everything. So, um, yeah, I, I felt really good about how everything went. And I'm very pleased with the turnout, and, you know, glad people got into it it was awesome so did uh 
Did you guys drink any beers while you're out carp fishing? Any modest modest beers? Oh, definitely. <laughs> modest modest brewing was kind enough to to continue to be our beer sponsor. I'm actually drinking. I'm about to crack open a, a super deluxe here. I don't know if you can hear that. That was a great sound. But, you win. Uh, <laughs> I thought you might appreciate that. Yeah, man. We, uh, you know, enjoyed a couple of uh, uh, hydration beers along the way. But uh, yeah, man, Mondas Brewing is, is really great. They're uh, they were a fantastic sponsor for this this show, and happy to take part in, on the water. In off air, you had mentioned you've just relatively started fly fishing recently what made you want to yeah, step I, into, I, do, into running a yeah, tournament good question <laughs> um i i've been on i've been into fly fishing for maybe the last five or six years now um you know being from the midwest that grew up uh bait fishing you know trying to pull bluegills off the dock with uh you know chunks of corn and and uh blueberries and stuff like that and and catching walleyes with monster night crawlers but um kind of fell away from it a little bit in uh, high school and college and came back to the water, uh, inter- interestingly enough, um, because my wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time, her, I knew her dad was a big fly fisherman. And so I figured if there's a, a way for me to connect with this guy, that's going to be the way to do it. And um, they live over in Wisconsin. They've got some property over in Beloqua. And if any of you guys are familiar with the Wisconsin-Minnesota Driftless area, it, it is like primo trout water that no one really knows about um but i i had this opportunity i was trying to make a connection with my now father-in-law and um so that's where where i really started getting back into fishing and into fly fishing specifically so were, were there any funny stories you going out fly fishing for the first time making a fool of yourself in front of your soon-to-be father-in-law oh man i make a fool of myself all the time it's like present day <laughs> um <laughs> But, uh, you know, if, if you know the Driftless area, all those trout streams are about three feet wide. And so my my upbringing in, in the fly fishing world, you know, I had in my head, you know, this big water Montana stuff. And I was going to be pulling the big cutthroat out of the water and stuff like that. And first time we get out, it's really just tossing to a target about three feet wide. And everything around you, front and back, is just weeds and low-hanging trees and um just made a complete fool out of myself getting caught nonstop. Like it's unbelievable out there. But once you master it, you know, the, the reward is out there. There's beautiful fish in those waters. And, um, you know, every time I go out, I feel like I have to relearn how to cast for the first half an hour, but, um, really, really enjoy it for sure. Casting on those rivers is totally different than you said you were out smallmouth fishing yesterday. That's a totally different yep, cast. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's not even close. I mean, trout fishing in Driftless is, you know, you're, you're creeping up to the banks of these tiny little creeks. You're making maybe one cast if you're lucky before you have to move on. Um, and yeah, it's, it's all about matching the hatch and uh, stealth and, and, you know, it's, you gotta be on top of your game if you're out there for sure. Yeah. It should be referred to as a different sport than uh than smallmouth fishing on a lake. It should be like fly fishing A and fly fishing B. <laughs> that that's the only time you should wear a trout vest. That, <laughs> right. That that it's should be true. designated. I I I hope this or gets out. <laughs> maybe the only acceptable time to wear one of those um woven like, Creels? Hell yeah, pack. man. <laughs> Hell yeah. If you're gonna if you do it, you might as well do it all. <laughs> that's right. 
Uh, the only acceptable time to wear a creel is if you're being filmed for a river runs through it. <laughs> <laughs> or some sort of bold reenactment, I suppose. <laughs> so, uh, more local to your Minnesota home, what uh, what do you prefer to chase around there? Is it carp? No, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm just learning to become a carp angler. And, I mean, talk about a, another game to be playing man like carp are a weird fish every you know everything you read about fly fishing kind of goes out the window when you're trying to go after some carp um no i'm um right now i'm, I'm really starting to get into some warm water stuff i was out catching smallies yesterday um trying to get into some musky stuff here and i mean i'm local to minneapolis and so most of my home water is, is lakes and and things like that uh, when I do get a chance to get out trout fishing, I'm over on the Kinney or the Rush over in Wisconsin, about an hour away. But um, yeah, you know, I, I had a blast fishing carpicide last year and um, kind of wanted to pursue it a little bit more, which is how I really got connected with Jared and Carson to get this, this season up and running. Um, because, you know, being in a more urban setting, carp are literally everywhere and, and they aren't really targeted that often. So it presents a really unique challenge. And I think one of the fun things for me about fly fishing is that um, each species really almost requires some firsthand knowledge and, and a lot of practice. And I really respect that about the sport. I think it's a lot of fun to invest that kind of time and energy to really try to master something uh, and for it to pay off in the way that it does. You know, you, you see a trout, you get a dry fly that you tied, you see a smallmouth you know, hit something on top water. Um, very few sports, I think, elicit that kind of reaction where you just get so stoked on on seeing a fish jump or making something move or something like that. And so for me, carp really presented its own unique challenge. Um, everything that I knew about fly fishing, you know, as minimal as it is, um, I kind of had to relearn a lot of things and, and um, you know, start from scratch. So how is the, the carp fishing community in Minneapolis? Um, did, did you seem like you know most of the dudes that do it? Or like when you have the tournament, are there some sleepers that come out of the woodworks? You know, I that's a good question. I, I, I got to admit I'm not as tuned into the, the broader local community as I'd like to be. Um, but with talking with some of the folks that were out fishing, it does kind of seem like um, – you know, fly fishing is its own very niche sport to begin with. And I think the folks who are trying to catch carp on a fly or a fly rod is even smaller. And so you, you kind of have this underground scene going on that doesn't interact so much with trout fishermen, doesn't interact so much with warm water guys. Um, it really is this sort of subset to a subset, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's always it's always fun to get to get everyone out. To, you know, because another another big thing for me with Carpicide is is to get more folks in your community to come out and be involved. And um, so the more you know, the more um, light we can shed on some of that stuff, the better I think. Did you guys have many people, uh, first time fly fishers, do the Carpicide? Yeah, this year for sure we had a ton of new folks. Um, we one of our other partners was, was Luke Anir with uh, Freshwater Flats, uh, who runs a guy. He runs a guide service out in Wisconsin, um, and he brought a couple of anglers out for the first time. 
And I had a, a handful of other interactions with people just through our, our social social media channels on, um, you know, asking about the tournament, asking if they could sign up and then following up with me being like, man, I'm so pumped that we get the opportunity to do this because I'm going to bring folks out for the very first time. Um, which to me, like that, that's really what this is all about was helping people get on the water, give people an excuse to get out there and, and do something fun for a day. And yeah, we had, we had a solid, probably half a dozen folks that I can confirm who were out for the first time on a fly rod. And then we had a bunch of folks catching carp for the first time that weekend, which was really cool too. That would probably. Um, so to see kind of everything come together like that was, was just awesome. That would probably be uh best way to do it. Cause I, I think carp, if you learn them in reverse, like I did, uh, you're tired of them. You don't, <clears throat> you wore enough out. You're like, ah, get out of here. He's like a stray dog. You kick it away. <laughs> I see him. I shoe him, yeah. but. That'd be the only time I carp fish is if it was for a tournament. I should I should have brought you, Jace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I ended up taking a a kid that he'd never or never fly fished ever before. Oh yeah, man, that's right. I remember you telling me about that. And we went. How did to, that go? Uh, it, it was so so. Um, we didn't catch any fish. He didn't catch a single fish. We ended up doing like a streamer break in this in the middle of the day and catching some. Yeah, you, you didn't let your uh, flies rest in the bread bag for a little bit just to no condition I them. I didn't, but uh, we went to a spot. He used to shoot the carp with a with a bow and arrow, so he's like, "Oh, okay." I know, I know a spot where the carp always are, and that's where we started <laughs> the morning out. And it was like this right. big swampy pond, and there had to have been eight hundred and fifty thousand carp all engaging in sex. So, oh yeah. So not one of them was eating. That's time. It's the right time of year. Yeah. And then after that, we, yeah, you know, we had a couple other shots. But... We got, we got kind of kind of a bit of feedback from folks too in a similar situation where um, they had their spot. They were out there the weekend before and they were nailing carp and they got out there and either everything was gone or nothing would move no matter how hard you tried to hit them. So I don't know if like you know it's a full moon or low tide or something like that but it was kind of an unusual weekend for most folks we went to another but you know that's kind of part of it right like that's that's the that's why it's they're so unusual and unpredictable and adds some challenge we went to another spot that i had seen carp there two days prior and then we went back on the carpicide day zero carp and then we were looking and a group of kayakers floated over Six muskie were in there, in the bottom. So that's probably why the carp weren't there. Of course. <laughs> Bummer. Hey, so goes it. And they weren't going to bite any flies after the, the kayakers paddled yeah, over. Yeah, of course not. One of them went right underneath this lady's butt and, like, kind of up toward the surface. I was like, hey, that fish is going to bite you. Just trying to scare her. And she, she squealed like she'd seen a mouse. She's like, ah, ah. <laughs> it, was, it was one of the funnier uh, parts of the day with nowhere to go too yeah <laughs> that's great so yeah, you know so, we, we ended up having a, a similar slow day here as well i i went out and fished with jared um here in the twin cities and hit i don't, I don't know if you, if you guys know much about the the waters right in minneapolis but there's a chain of lakes right on the west side and then that feeds into a creek that sort of runs east to west right through south minneapolis uh, which holds tons of carp, you know, they're, they're all over the place. And we had a couple of good looks, um, trying to toss some flies underneath this bridge, but water was high and, and really mur- mucky. And, um, 
basically just had everything get slammed into a log that they were sitting right behind. So just missing out. And then when we eventually did run into some carp, they were just sort of lazily floating around in this eddy over in the Mississippi uh, by the Stone Arch Bridge. And all they were doing was sucking cottonwood fluff and leaves off the surface, chewing them up, spitting them out, and then going after the next round. And we sat there for like an hour and a half, throwing absolutely everything in, in our collective boxes and uh, nothing. And I managed to hook into one only because it floated close enough to me that I could drop a fly in its mouth. In its mouth. <laughs> you flossed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you remember that, that, uh, board game where it was that circle pond and you had a little fishing pole and the fish would swirl around in front of you and you had to try to snag them out of there. Yes. That was exactly what it was. And nothing but sheer luck that it happened to float close enough to me. Okay. I, I really wish you would have had some luck doing that because I ran into the same situation <laughs> on Thursday. I went carp fishing again. Okay. And I found yeah. like four pods of carp just sitting in foam, like slu- sloppy foam and sipping on Yeah, top. totally. And it, they weren't even swimming. They were just letting the current swirl them around, you know. Like they were facing all different directions. They weren't looking anywhere. They were just like <laughs> They're big and lazy like Biggie Smalls. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what our steelhead do here. That's how our steelhead are here. It is fucking facing always. You don't know what you you could drift any way you want. So so on a on a tough day carp fishing, what are, what are some tricks in your bag? What a, what works for you out there? Is there a fly you come across or a technique that got oh, passed man. to you? Yeah, good question. Um, I think having having lots of spots you can tap into is probably that your best bet, honestly. Um, being able to cover a bunch of water, not necessarily on the same body of water, is going to be super helpful. Um, because you know, you, you might run into a pod on the Mississippi that's floating around in an eddy and they're going to be acting totally different than what you might find over in one of those chain of lakes or something like that, or even in, in the Creek. Um, so definitely have, have a handful of things in your bag that you can hit, uh, and, and be willing to be flexible. Um, one of the, one of the kind of cool things I like about going after carp is that they're in your local water. You know, that, that was one of our big pushes this year was to try to get people to explore water that doesn't look like it's going to hold fish or doesn't seem like it would be worth your shot. Um, but it is because carp can live in just about any condition. And if you're in an urban setting, you don't necessarily need to be driving, you know, one or two hours out to your trout creek. You got carp in your backyard. They're in they're in the pond at the golf course. You know, they're in the pond at the, at the local park. They're in the creek. They're in a, drain, a drainage ditch under the freeway. Like, you know, oh, yeah. be willing to be flexible. Be willing to kind of think outside the box because they're going to be in the, in spots you might not expect. So, um, on your lake fishing, are you are you like, I don't know, wet, wet, wet wading, or what do you? How do you how do you approach fish? Are you shallow, flat areas? Is that that's kind of your like your go to thing on that lakes? I yeah, I'm I'm mostly looking at more shallow water. Um, if you can, if you can wait, that's great. But I think if you've got something like a canoe or a kayak, something that you can transport pretty easily and, and get into these like back pockets, that's going to be your best bet. Um, Didn't the guy that the one, the total linear inches, wasn't he fishing off a sup? He was on a, yeah, he was on a paddleboard. Yeah, totally. You know, and like a lot of that plays to your advantage. If you can sneak up on some things and if you can get in some really shallow water, 
oftentimes if you're, you're going to find these fish in, in weird little backwater pools and, um, you know, you'll, you'll be able to see them too. Like if they're, if they're tail up feeding or something like that, but, um, yeah, shallow boats, that's, that seems to be kind of the way to go, but I suppose it kind of depends on what kind of water you're hitting. So are you thinking about keeping uh, the tournament virtually in the years to come, or is it going to go back to being Minneapolis based? You know, I, I think, I think that kind of remains to be seen. I would love to keep the tournament open. Um, I think what it's going to end up happening is, you know, we're still in a wait and see mode. Like things are starting to open back up here in Minneapolis, but um, I don't know if that's going to be a guarantee for next season. So if we could do something remotely again, I I'm all for it. I think it was really fun to have people show up in their, in their hometown and, and get into some, some weird fish. What I might end up doing is sort of a hybrid where we have our focus tournament, you know, depending on if we can have people back out and, and, you know, meet at a beach somewhere and have a big after party. Um, We're, we're going to try to do that for sure. But if if we have to sort of limit it, um, I'm not, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm really happy with how the virtual tournament ended up. So, you know, it might be fun also just a thought is if you do have it like in person and then, open it virtually for people around do like a, a zoom like record the the after party and let people watch totally the, like via zoom so that it's like they're uh they're involved with the after party even though they're not around yeah definitely and like one one thing i did try to do with prizes for this year was to help reinforce that local you know history of the tournament we had an, an extra prize called local hero which i awarded to the guy who ended up catching, I think, the most carp that I saw on our social media. I think he ended up with, like, 15 or 16 fish. Um, they were all, like, mid-sized, so he didn't take away the the most linear inches, but, like, he had a stellar day. Um, and so, I, you know, I would love to do something like that, where if we open it up again, we'll sort of structure it so that there's plenty of local incentive, but make it worthwhile for everyone who wants to enter it across the country as well. So the dude that caught 15 carp in a day, did his arm look like Popeye at the end of the day? (laughs) No, man, he just knew where to go. And he was in Minneapolis too. He was, he was fishing some, almost the same water that we were. And I don't know if he like just got out earlier or something like that and then spooked them all off before we got there. um, (laughs) I beat him. Yeah. He he was dialed in. Well, I'm sure, but that, that's going to play havoc on your arm after 15 carp in a day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah totally because <laughs> that that is one good thing about carp they they're ugly and they they bite like they're super like picky but they fight like a like a tank that's yeah man when i i hooked into that one on the mississippi and i you know it it barely moved when i set the hook and i like drifted it over the bank and all of a sudden it started flopping around and ended up breaking my knot off as I was getting it off the, off the water. But like, I couldn't believe this thing jumping around. Like it's, they go from being these big vanities to being these like great whites. And the stinking things, they jump and flop when they're spawning. But as soon as you hook one, I've never had one like even thrash a surface. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. If, I don't know, man. If they jumped, I think steelhead would be in for a run for their money. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so for the uh like I don't know, would it 
what all changed from the the previous? Is there is there gonna you know gonna be a tournament like this to keep going? Mm-hmm. I know that you took it over for this year. Is that is that something they want to keep keep going forever? Or yeah, you know, it, we're we're still kind of thinking about what the next steps are going to be for the tournament. They definitely still want to keep it going, and I'm happy to keep helping them organize. Um, you know, when we were planning Carpeside 6 back in January, we were going to have some folks come out to the fly shop, do a couple of tying demos, uh, and have a happy hour the night before the tournament, sort of your pre-registration party. Um, in the past, they've done a big kickoff at the closest lake, to the fly shop, uh, Lake Hiawatha, right in Minneapolis. Um, it's right on a golf course. It's like your quintessential urban carp water, you know, it's like right in the city. Um, and then we were going to do like a big award ceremony at the brewery and at, at the end of the day. So I think going forward, I, I would love to continue to do more of that. So you pretty much got um, next year's plans in action. ended up really changing. Like we, I, what I tried to do um, as an organizer to keep people engage was to bring as much of that to our Instagram account as I could. So, you know, I was really fortunate that I had our guide partner tie up a bunch of flies and um, shot some video of them. So we've got, you know, three card flies that you can check out on the Instagram page and, and give it a, give it a go. Um, we, you know, try to promote as much of, of the tournament as we could online, but then giving people an opportunity to, show what they were up to that day. It's also a big part of it this year. So there are definitely some of those engagement things that we're going to be moving forward, but you know, obviously we all wanted to have everything happen in person and we just have to make tons of adjustments. I, I was going to bring up the Instagram page cause it, it was really nice seeing you guys uh, put flies up and show how people how to tie like some simpler patterns. Um, are yeah. you, you going to keep that going throughout the year? Yeah, man, definitely. I um, I want to keep that up and running. Uh, if, if people want to check it out, the, it's just at Carpicide underscore MPLS uh, for Minneapolis. Um, and we're going to keep that rolling. Um, you know, we kind of revamped some of our social media and we threw a website up together this year to help collect all that information and have it be a little more of a, uh, you know, a, a platform for everything. But we've been getting tons of great feedback, and it's been really cool. Even after the tournament, people are sending me photos of carp that they're catching and, you know, tagging it with things like looking forward to next year and, you know, a week too shit, late. I wish I was on the water on Saturday and I, I just missed it. <laughs> so, so yeah, man, it's we're going to keep that rolling. Heck, yeah. Like I said, that's one of my favorite uh, favorite new uh, pages to follow. Um, nice. Yeah. Thank you. Is there anything that we haven't hit on that you you'd like to? Um, yeah, you know, one of the other big things for us, as far as like challenges go, not only do we have to make tons and tons of adjustments for the tournament um, because of COVID and, and things like that. But um, the week before the tournament, there was another really tragic death of an African-American man here in the Twin Cities. And, um, it, it was hard for us to decide what route to take following everything that was happening in Minneapolis at the time. Um, because the tournament was going to be a week later. Um, and after lots and lots of discussions, we really decided that while 
Carbicide might not be the platform for tons of social change. There was something that we should be doing to support our family in Minneapolis. Um, and so we did make a couple of changes to the tournament. We added um, a couple of extra initiatives to help people really think about the waters that they're fishing in, really appreciate the privilege that they have to get out and fish and to have the opportunity. Um, and so something that I would like to do in the future with Carpicide is, is help, you know, help get people into the sport who might not otherwise have an opportunity and, and to help be, uh, you know, a, an instigator of some change in whatever capacity that we can. Good deal, man. That, I hope that all works out for you. Yeah. Thanks. You know, like one of the, one of the great things to come out of everything in Minneapolis was seeing that local community completely come together. And um, it, you know, men provisions, our fly shop partner is in Minneapolis in South Minneapolis. Modest brewing is right in Minneapolis. Stoners tattoo and Charlie Forbes are flyer designer this year. They're in Minneapolis. And so it's a twin city. It's a Minneapolis tournament and that community is incredibly important to us. So anything that we can do to help, um, you know, support our friends and family there is, is bottom line, most important. And so there are, you know, there are certainly plenty of things that we can be doing to help uh, encourage folks into the sport. And, you know, it was a big eye opening experience for everybody and coming out of the tournament and seeing the community engage in the way that they were. um, I'm very optimistic and, and hopeful for the future and, you know, glad to see everyone as involved as they were able to be for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Has a, has the town gotten back to semi-normal? Um, you know, I, I think it's a new normal to be honest. Um, things are, are definitely different and I don't, I'm not sure everyone, anyone really is, is going to be okay with going back to the way things used to be, but I think they're in a they're headed in a fantastic direction. And, um, you know, like I said, seeing the way that the community is coming together and working together is really eye-opening and really motivating for everybody. Um, and I think, you know, I think they're in a good place and I think they're headed in a, in a good direction. You made, you made, uh, carp fishing great again, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't just know, to get people I don't know out, if it's man. ever going to be great, but well, listen, <laughs> we're listen, doing what we can. I'll tell you right now, the hardest thing to do is take somebody on a pressured, not, not pressured fish, but like, let's put pressure to catch a, catch a good fish. Like to take somebody out real fly fishing, like that's new, that's tough. Yeah. Go for carp. That's the perfect, perfect yeah, idea. You, you know, the, the tournament all was born out of uh, this idea that like, let's, let's be honest, fly fishing is completely ridiculous in and of itself. We put so much pressure on ourselves. We, you know, set the bar too high all the time. We, you know, add in all these things that make it extra complicated. And that's just the fly fishing component. If then if you think about fishing in general, there are all of these other things that surround it. Um, but you know, the, one of the goals when this tournament first started in 2014 was just to be sort of your anti fishing tournament, fishing tournament. It's not about necessarily who catches the most fish. It's not necessarily about like who has the most money behind them chasing fish. It's really just about your community and it's about having fun. It's a, it's about being flexible. It's about exploring some new water. Um, it's about taking out your buddy who's never been fly fishing before and, 
and showing how much fun you can have participating in just a completely ridiculous pastime. Oh, um, absolutely. Like I said, we had the most fun and didn't land a single carp. <laughs> totally. And like, that's what it's all about. It's, it's about a good day on the water. It's about camaraderie. It's about, you know, chasing some fish and, you know, taking the pressure off. So, so what's on the, to catch list now, man, what are you, what are you more favoring now that you got a little bit of experience with some other species you do you like the carp or is, is what's your top fish to go after if you had to just you know i mean you know one, i saw a couple a of guys pulling in 30 35 inch carp over the over the tournament weekend and that's got me fired up i have not caught a carp that big so i i gotta say just a monster carp is still definitely up there on the list but um you know, I I like to fish seasonally, and so you know, the smallmouth and the twin cities are turning on right now, and so I'm going to try to chase some of those this week, and um, probably make my way out to Wisconsin at some point this summer and, and hit some of those driftless creeks again, and try to get some big browns, and um, yeah, you know, everything. If there's, then if, if there's something them. on the end of the hook, I consider that a pretty good day. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> are Are you tying musk or uh, carp flies? Have you fallen? Yeah, into, a little bit. Have you fallen into that trap yet? Um, I'm on the edge of that rabbit hole for sure. I've been talking with Luke Kinnear, uh, our guide partner who put up those videos. Um, we're thinking about workshopping a couple of things this summer and potentially launching a carpet-sized fly for next year. So stay tuned for that. We'll see if we get our act together and, and figure something out. But um, you know, that's kind of the other thing about carp flies is what works doesn't make sense either. So it's as much of an enigma as carp fishing in general. Well, at this point, so kinda, we'll see, oh, I was going to say, we'll it, it, that it, rabbit hole takes us this year. At this point early in your carp fishing, what is your go-to fly? What's the one that you, uh... um, you know, I was, I felt really good about the mop flies I was tossing. So that's probably my go-to currently. But uh, I've been do. digging into some you of those got freshwater flash flies. And, uh, you know, as much as I hate to admit, uh, mop flies, there you go. <laughs> End of <laughs> story. Versatile. They work. I've caught two carp so far this summer, and they've both been on mops. Yeah. So, you know. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> they've both been uh, super lightly weighted, just with a plastic bead yeah. chain. So. Sure. That's something sure. I, that's something I've been throwing around a lot too this year. Uh before I was throwing like medium lead dumbbell eyes on every carp fly I had. This year I'm trying yep. to throw a little bit lighter, be a little bit more stealthy, and then try there to catch a, the fish are suspended as well. Yep. Yeah, totally. Interesting. I like that. So if you guys do make a carp aside fly, do people get extra points for a catching fish on the carpicide fly in the carpicide? <laughs> if, if they tie it themselves, absolutely. Nice. <laughs> if I can, if I can get more people to the tying bench too, in this process, like the better. <laughs> How are you going to tell them? You got to wait a few years before you do that step-by-step. Step. Yeah, don't, don't mess up here, right? Yeah, hold out. Hey on man, it. anyone can, anyone can sell flies on Instagram these days. 
It's it's pretty legal still. Or you could go to Etsy or you know whatever you sell stuff. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's awesome, man. Uh, so so in tying, how how far along do you feel like you tie a hell of a Dahlberg? Is it is it one that just gets looked at, or does it get eight? Um, you know, I I would never claim to tie a hell of a Dahlberg just yet. Although the the horrible attempts that I put together were getting tons of looks yesterday, so I feel pretty good about that. Well, here, here, next time, um, listen, next time, so they don't get looked at, put the rod under your arm and just burn it with a with a <laughs> right. with a sink tip after you get looked at. They they won't have time to see how shitty it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, see I, see, I thought it was just because some shitty eyes that I tied on had fallen off after a that's cast how, or two. Dude, that's how I catch all my fish. I I go extra fast so they can't tell how shitty my fly is. <laughs> it's like when you think you, you see when you think you see a hot chick, you're like, might have been. I don't fuck. You can get a good look at it. <laughs> You didn't think you were going to come on the show and get heckled for your flies, did you? <laughs> no, I mean, you, I don't post any of those flies on the carpet page, so I don't have that much to worry about. Exactly. Ah, they're all good when you tied them. <laughs> them, them are the best <laughs> yeah, ones, because then when you lose it, you don't feel so bad. <laughs> so, Alrighty, man. Well, hey, I think we've uh, we've covered A to B and all points in between. Do you? Yeah, want, man. Right on. Can I... How would people uh, keep in contact with the Carpaci? What was the is there a link for that or what was the underscore? Yeah, so the uh, the Instagram page is probably the best way to stay tuned with everything that's going to be coming up, especially at the end of the summer, uh, and that's just at Carpaside underscore NPLF. But folks can also head to Carpaside dot com, and we'll keep posting there uh, as as things start to show up and. There's a small chance we might throw a second version of the tournament later this summer. We're still kind of waiting to see um, how things are going to open back up. But, um, yeah, if, if anything does come up, it's going to be on either of those channels. Well, that's awesome, man. People people would definitely jump into that, that tournament, too, I'd imagine, with, you know, everything that's going on and another chance to get out fishing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those carp aren't going anywhere, so might as well. There's 15 somewhere that guy caught. Oh my goodness! Yeah, there's gonna be so go. many. There's gonna be so many more carp after I saw this carp sex during the carpet side. <laughs> they're they're doubling <laughs> as we speak. Do you think rabbits multiply fast? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, carp give them a run for their money. Heck, heck yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, alrighty, Eric. Well, thank you very much, man. Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate the time and um, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it, and um, we'll see you out there. Either the summer, late in the summer, or Carpaside Seven coming up next. We know you can't catch it, Jace. It's starting to be that season. What season? The season of not catching the fish. Down are we season. recording? Or are we? Yeah, we're recording. Oh, oh, man. I, I was <laughs> trying to decipher what was going on. There. I just, I, I want to. Nobody, I don't know. Nobody, if if you don't go out and not catch fish sometimes you don't know how that feels there's fucking highs and lows i know how that feels but there's highs and lows to this sport look at the fucking (laughs) look at the high you look at the high you got to ride when everybody else was not catching a muskie and you're like oh another one out the bank on the eight i put my rod to the side you know what i mean like it it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense to go out and 
you know, that's what I ultimately I'm not going to stop fishing ever. That's what I do. But I mean, there's times I think it's just, oh, it's going to be great. I mean, I'm going to. It is. It's a big, the, the nature, big letdown. That's the nature. <laughs> oh, you always pump it up. It's always yeah. going to be good. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, uh, uh, the the moon isn't good, but first hour is going to be perfect. And then after the first hour, you're like, all right, well, then it's going to get good. And then you somehow talk yourself in at 8 o'clock that night. You're like, wow, it still sucked. Doesn't meet expectation. <laughs> yeah. Didn't meet expectation. No, I, well, I got to go to where I call a sacred place like the the hiding spot for fish and then you know i don't get to go there all the time and i never you know i used to go That's down the holy there. grail of our river yeah i used to go down there frequently. i used to go down there frequently frequently not not over fish it or anything you know in the I summer would. well i mean in the summer <laughs> if i could get down there and the water was right two three times in a week that was a lot of fishing for it you yeah. know like hell yeah hell, hell yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just a place where you park your car and you're at the water or nothing like that so that's that's what made it cool. When I lived around there, I'd go two or three times a week for an hour. You know? Yeah. Well, I think you I could think effectively cover it in an hour if if they're not there. The you know fishing I mean? probably won't die as much. The mystique is dying to, to it. You know what I mean? They take the access away and stuff like that. I it, it, It's just different. It, it. I think it almost. I. I actually, where I'm talking about the the water has fully changed it. I don't know if it was a planned thing, but when dams start to, you know, get age and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's still... It just changes the river above it and everywhere. It changes it. You see what I'm saying? It sucks water at a uh, different... So is there different current movement through? I mean, by the picture, I oh, can see, like, the banks are obviously I think changed. The, I think the, the water is getting pulled beforehand that used to come over it because it was more square now it's eroding at the edges a little bit and sucking back and and the sides are pulling tons of water versus anywhere across the rest of it which you know it kept hey you could keep spots where fish were at but it kept it at an a higher level is what i'm thinking you know more like yeah, it's full no doubt it's full but uh, the the level was higher The, the water coming over consistently and throughout that channel was more you know what i mean now it's not that it's going to flatten the river out or anything it's still going to be what it always was a break on the water and lots of oxygen and stuff that fish seek but it's changing changing you got to look at something for 30 years 20 years you know really see see and fast changes is purely evident and it i didn't think it would it would do what it did now it's it's just weird different setting because it's changed though the fish go where the water like fish run for a reason you know they feel that they got to go to these no matter is it's do you is it still have the holding water for them oh that's all still the same i just think there's less water getting put on that side of the river yeah. Entirely, yeah. you know. It's I'm visualizing what you're saying, like in, in my head. No, I, I, can, I can picture what you're saying. The other yeah. side's getting the bowl to. It's gonna eventually. So is, keep this, is the middle of it then seem to be a little shallower? I think that's what's happening. It's just gonna eventually go. It might even island out that's or something. Saying, you know, yeah. it might eat at it and eat at it because it's that's a weird rock down there. It's not like it's weird. It's not like they're not rocks. It's it's like eight down into the earth like it's crazy down there but i don't know i ain't got shit ah went down there with high hopes i i pulled out the old old school rod because it had a little fly on i was like i'll just walk it across and fish on top i missed a fish i don't know i thought it 
it swirled pretty big, I'll tell you that. But then I caught a consolation dink after that. I love the consolation <laughs> dink. Hair, oh, I was all ready yeah, for it, thanks. too. Yeah, come again. Thump, perfect strip set. Yeah, riding it. And it was, it was flinging back at me, you know, one of those. <laughs> I caught a white bass last Saturday while I was doing the carpal side. Yeah, I don't know. And no. it hit hard, <clears throat> folded the rod over, and then it came right in. I was like, oh, I, God. Uh, I think that's what I caught, actually. I, I had to look, relook the picture of her, but it might have been a little paler. And mm, wipers are deep black, you know, versus that little bit of bluish tint. Yeah, I, did, I think I got one of those. I fished the area hard. Cast it from all angles. Snuck up, you know, on the opposite side. Didn't let my shadow touch the water and all the right things to do. Overthought it all the way <laughs> and catch shit. But I was sitting on the, or not sitting on the bank. I was casting. I look over and these deer, they're just looking at me. I, I seen one rowing down there. It was, pretty, it was a pretty cool trip. I rode down there and, you know, had fun on the boat. It was awesome. Got to fish my favorite hole. Didn't catch much of anything, though. So, but these deer, man, I could have took all their lives. Death was staring right at him, and it, the wind was right or we, something. I, I just that was that was what I seen the perfect body shots, and it was, it was like John Wick was taking over. I was like looking at him all. You're like Dexter. You needed to take the life. Yes. Going to get Macy's friend that uh, little uh, little. I'm talking, boy, but probably six weeks old now. He's come darting across the road, still full spotted. Look, mum goes. This little one just comes darting. As soon as we get up on him, third one comes. And it gets in a ditch and just stops there. And it's got to be like six feet from the truck. Man, that sucker could be 15 pounds right now. <laughs> they're just That's cool. tiny. Like as their, all their legs like, are toothpicks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Making yeah, no. these noises at us. That's crazy, That's hilarious. Dude. That's cool. Oh, I've never seen them that see tiny like that. up close. I mean, it's just. So, um, I just got an update. Our boy Jay, he's out at Yellowstone. He's been having. How's he doing? He's been having a pretty good trip. Um, if anyone saw the picture on our Instagram page of Jay <laughs> with his giant nose buffalo, that's a his uh, his sense of humor still around, even though he's out west. <laughs> but uh, they did a float today with a slide in, and he caught some fish. Um, he is not going to be recapping it next week. I don't think we're doing a show next Sunday because it's Correct. Father's Day. Correct. So. What? So it's Father's Day. We're not going to do a show. We're going to go hang out with our old man. Mans. Men. <laughs> and uh, we'll let Jay tell us about that or his trip out west the week after. Cool. Um, you cool. did something pretty pretty darn cool today, Mark. We did. An overall tough day, but it was fun. Uh, probably should have started off a little bit earlier. We got there at 6, but... How did Macy like waking up that early? Did she sleep the she, whole way up? No, not a bit, actually. She got up, she rolled. That better than I thought she would. But then we got there, and the one launch was closed. So we had to drive around. You can't around. beat the sunlight, Mark. You no. can't do it no more. You know it's get it, too it, early. Unless you wake it up at 3, it's ridiculous. As much as I I don't want to do it, it's almost what you got to do right now. There's just no other option. I mean, we, uh, we got there we right on 6 o'clock. The upper launch was closed. So I had to go down to the bottom. I don't think that's that big of a deal, but that bottom launch is a bigger pain. Is there parking up at that, or down at that bottom launch? No. I backed it in between a, a state sign and a kayak rack. <laughs> and backed it the whole way, like, into where, like, my tires were, like, into the high weeds so I can get my truck far enough back. Yeah. Then I had to, like, weasel it out. 
<laughs> before we even get to that, trying to leave in this launch again is not. It looked good at six o'clock in the morning when there wasn't any light, <laughs> and then once you come out of it and it's like bright and you can see the whole way down, you're like, wow! It goes from like foot of rock and it just can't see. All right, where's it go? Super deep. So I backed the trailer off of it, not knowing off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> and I pull her back up because it's like I, I backed up and I get out and my back tires are in the water. Front truck's still on dry land. And the rollerball's four inches under the water. Like, holy crap. <laughs> Just tilt, so, tilt it off. <laughs> I fix that. And as I'm going out, there's this boat in front of me. It's got to be like a 20-foot-ish plus play boat. Like, you seriously going to put in right here? Yeah. You got to be kidding me. Like, you're not that stupid, are you? We've been putting it in here for 40 years. Move up. Drive up the road a little bit. I got to stop to get go to the portage on. <laughs> Look back. Him, the other dude, are on top of the truck trying to push it. And the guys in the truck come, whoa, flooring the thing. They couldn't get it off the ramp. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can only back it three oh, inches into could, the water. Yeah, and then it's just straight down. So... We get going right off the bat, and you can tell muskie were moving. Fish were blowing up right right early, which is why I was saying it probably should have got a little bit earlier of a start and took more advantage of it. And we started working our way up through, and we st- I got into the water. I want to be it was like five, six foot. I'm like, we're going to be good right here. I'm like, I'm going to work up a little bit further. And as I'm going up, this fish surfaces. So I yell my darn back, throw at that. She throws, and as soon as she throws, I throw over top of her. Okay, she turned whatever which way. We got both of them out. As soon as her fly hit, or as soon as her this spinnerbait hit the water, boom, fish hammered it. Well, she just kind of starts reeling. Never hooked a muskie before. And Never hooked it, one yet either. Immediately, huh? I'm like, I'm like yelling at my wife. I'm like, Galloway, got away, away, no, 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 no. I'm like yelling at her because I need to. I'm like trying to get the net, and I'm just gonna hook this thing or net it hot because they're. And as soon as she gets it to the side of the boat, it's probably 18, maybe 24 inches or so under the water, 18. But enough that you can't dive down that far to get it. So I reach over to like help lift the rod up, try to get its head up a little bit to get the net underneath. And again, it's only at this point you've been hooked for six, seven seconds. Four, thing I'd... really still hasn't. And then at that point, it just turned the head out and start running, and boom, puff, puff. And she's just looking at me. <laughs> Did you have the solid. net not ready? Oh, everything was ready. Just uh, a fishing. Hold on, Mark. Hold on. You got to catch these for your daughter, man. So actually, how we have this whole thing set up, the net is fully open, 100%. You've seen how big yeah. this net is. Laid across the boat in the water. So for me in the front and then in the back, all the thing I do is stay right there. I'll grab it with my left hand, put it down in, drag the fish into it. Well, then getting my wife from the back of the boat to the front with the net completely extended across, that was a little tricky. You're about to take everybody out of the boat? <laughs> I mean, I, I was playing on that and that thing in less than a second. Hooked, get her there, boom, and it's... Regardless, the fish wasn't sitting at the side of the boat by no means. Yeah. By the time I got the net there, he was barely at the corner of the boat with the head pulling up and I saw how big it was. It was probably 34, 35 inch fish. That's awesome. I bet yeah. Macy was pooping her pants. Oh, she's couldn't believe it. She's like, oh, that thing folds so hard. Like, yeah, that's what they do. 
So is that the first time your wife's been out with you musky fishing? Essentially. I mean, even where we go to fish, I take her yeah. up throwing musky flies because there is a potential of catching a musky there. Slim to none. But I'm throwing musky flies the whole time. But to actually go to a place where you have a so shot you, of catching you, them? You, yeah. What, you're conditioning her for normalcy? Oh, we can catch none. No, no, yep. Nothing yet. Nope. Got Checking it. this. Dry, dry that fly. <laughs> Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Could you imagine the so, first trip, first 20 minutes, she sticks a muskie? Yeah, oh, you can't start off like that. That's just no way to do it. You ain't got no whopper, yeah. got no whopper oh, ploppers? I, I don't have crap for it. It was I'll, feasible I'll for send her you a to couple. Throw. These are good size for her to learn. I got a suic over at the house. Be, again, getting her to work a bait still isn't there yet. Yeah. This little, like, number six blade. That will work. Yeah. She can chuck that, burn it back. And Actually, I have some, uh, an orange Rapala that's about nine inches long. Cast it out and reel it in. Mm. You don't even need to jerk them. Yeah, that worked. I'll, uh, I'll shoot it over to you. Try to get her out a little more. Now, you wish you had a nine-inch Rapala, buddy. <laughs> is she going to want to get up <clears throat> and do it? Early, because like I said, from now on out with these temperatures keep rising, the game plan is is to do like what you said. I'm going to get up probably 3.30. Get up there. Get on the water. Well right just go camping. Well, then, well I'm, I'm going to be home. I'm going to leave there by 9. Fish from 5.30. 5, it's, late, it's late enough to cast at 5. Fish from 5 to 9. Boom. Home by 10. Take a couple hour nap. You're good by noon. you got a good morning fishing him. Yeah, it's but like it's, whole, just, it's, it's like not where we're staying any longer. I mean, that sun gets up, it gets hot, and the people start coming out, and the lakes get packed, and the fish just go straight down. Not that they're not catchable, but I'm not trolling plugs. I'm throwing flies. Yeah. And the wind, like it was today, was ridiculous. Was the wind bad? Oh, yeah, it was horrible. As, yeah. Bad, as bad as Pyman two, no. two weeks ago? No, not near that bad. Okay. <laughs> that it, was, was it was still fishable. That was horrible. <laughs> what wind? That's what people say. What wind would... Here, man, that should get stiff on those lakes, no, man. This was one of them sneaky winds where it'd like blow like slow, and then you'd have like a gust. I think gusted one time, and my back cast was coming through, and I felt it went over my shoulder, under, like in between my ear. Oh. Like I felt the breeze go right under... That was all? Was, <laughs> that was, was all you got? It, it was supposed to be a northeast wind. It was coming out of southwest <laughs> until noon. So it's drifting like awkward. Yeah, we fished good, though. Your I mean, whole I, ear off. All things considered, we fished fairly well through most of it. I thought we'd have saw more fish, but in all honesty, we didn't mark nearly. I mean, I marked some fish in, over them stumps in front of the cemetery, mm-hmm. where we typically do. I did mark fish there. I marked nothing up off that point and higher that I thought I would. Nothing. The channel stunk. Did your wife have any interest in throwing any sort of lure at all? Or did she just sit there and like, watch you guys? Hangs out. Yeah. She bought her license just because of being on the boat and netting fish and being involved in fishing. So she bought her license. and Afterwards, too, she said, she's like, I just bought just plain license. I didn't add eerie or anything. Don't lie. Like, I should have got the muskie it, permit. You can always go back and get that. Yeah. You upgraded that so you can catch another limit of muskies. Yeah. And you're like, I'll get you a license. I'm going to get some more limits of muskies. Yeah. And for how much I've been out fishing, <clears throat> nice to have them on the boat a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, you get to it's spend a little bit of time. Uh, no, nah, because dude. Like, somebody can take your picture, man. The thing that I, the thing I don't like about having my daughter on the, uh, like drives me nuts with having her on a boat musky fishing is you s- you put like so much more pressure on yourself. And it's yeah. like because you you put so much focus in like fishing. Are you doing a casting in front of her? No, <laughs> and I'm not even saying that. You just you you put so much more pressure on like setting an expectation to try to, like move fish and see fish and. Oh, that's, you, that's you the get big frustrated. Thing you get frustrated a lot quicker because it's like y- you're trying to focus on what you're doing because it takes all your focus to fish a musky fly and, and and catch them doing it. Yeah, but at the same time, you're trying to watch the whole time out of the corner of the eye and you're trying to make like little do this a little different, do little that, little that, and it's like you watch how she's doing. It's like, well, if there's a fish there, there it, it would have never ate anyway. Yeah. Here's what you, you should it, do. So it's like. <laughs> You should I, I, tell it's her. Different. It, it, it's gonna take some learning. He's got to coach her into like, okay, we're sne- we're we're sneaking up to where the one lives. <clears throat> you gotta fish before it. You know what I mean? Like gear gear wise, you don't want to go up and make you not be ready. You know what I mean? Not fish, not fish where the fish could hunt it. You know what I mean? Well, we were like also fishing in an open lake where you're casting blindly. Over, yeah. Blindly. Yeah. Well, that's so. got to be like, see it on the radar right here. Fish, fish, guide. Kids like that shit, man. Much shit. When I was a kid and I caught a muskie, never happened. <laughs> Not till I was about. I, I never caught one until I got one 20? on the fly. Or no, what? I'm the same way. 15 or something. I think I was 30 <clears throat> when I got my first muskie. Ah, hmm. uh, you were taking a while. Yeah. Nah, that's. I was lucky to go to Canada. That's my only thing about musky shit to hear. I know how elusive they are. Yeah, fish for, forever and not hook them. If you're fishing for them, you're probably you know, running into less than the guys that are not fishing for them, you know? That's I crazy. swear you can fish for bass and run into them more than you can when you're fishing for, actually for them. Yeah. No. Mm. I See, think the thing that amazes me more and more, and, and I still don't... And, and you sh- everybody, you, sh- I mean, you should know better, but uh, you still take for granted is how small they will eat consistently. Yeah, they eat teeny bits. As right? much as you don't want to go down like and this. do it, and even myself, I, I just you still can't like force yourself to go do it. But don't eat small. How big was the spinnerbait your daughter was using? <laughs> so three inches. Three inches. I mean, when you when you know where the you got it, you got all that single down like Fisher at this depth. When you get that. Then you can put anything down it. You know what I mean? It's I don't know, a lot of guys are probably bigger to attract more or see, be able to be seen more. Like, no, where they're at, they're eat, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for that too. I mean, if you move over at once and you know, okay, there's fish there, <clears throat> doesn't mean okay. Well, just keep on moving around and try this spot and try this spot. We try to go back over it, hit them with something else, hit them with more stuff. You know, there's fish there. Time though, time. That's all time. Timing. You gotta be want lunch and not breakfast. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> but is it worth? <coughs> excuse me. Is it worth consistently maybe pegging on them a little bit, staying well, there? If you could, if you got some spots lined up where you like could be here and take take that break from that spot, yeah. And, and I think then in a, all fish in less, time, fish uh, less overall through the day, but fish. Them three areas, good, yeah. back and forth, back and forth. And I guess that goes all in time, too, with learning them spots and knowing which ones are consistently holding. Then you can say, okay, 
boom, boom, boom. Oh, you wouldn't go here. back there and be like, oh, muskie was here. Oh, there's five muskies here. They all were biting at this time that day. Probably won't be that time, but they're here, you know. Yeah, the only way you can... It's all... Windows are small, right? Well, and the nice part about doing something like that is, okay, so you go in there and you move one there. That gives you something to work off of. Okay, I moved this fish doing this. You knew the fish was there. You got them to move. You got a, re- a response. Now take that to another part and, and go to other fish that maybe be, may, might be a little more active than the other four that are there. And then you can take that same technique and presentation to them and... Chances are, if you move them there, now you find another active fish. He's going to move on that too. Nah, they That's don't. Right, they don't right sit in a spot and go back to it. They didn't. If they come out and looked at your lure, chances are you just changed what their their holes, you know, they, what they were doing. You know what I mean? Now they're just going to relocate and think different, or unless they're hungry, they're going to try to look around through that area. They're, they're going to go back and find something else. Oh yeah, when they're hunting, you you catch them. And I tell you what, that was a cool part today. I, I'm I'm going to say we probably saw a neighborhood of 12 to 14. Jumps, blow up, eats, splashes, thrashes. So where's your blockhead? Yeah, you didn't throw anything on top? You know what, I didn't. I only saw, I, I've seen... I should have, too. And I threw top water later in the day. And I didn't throw it. I I've just, only seen one musky top water, but it was uh, pretty thrilling. It was epic? Oh, yeah. Shit, shit in the, you know... Boom, into the sunlight, like, straight out. I'm like, Jason, you got one. (laughs) (laughs) Jason got one. Yeah, no, it was buzz bait. Oh, that's what you should throw. She can make a lot of noise with that. Buzz baits, whopper ploppers. That'd be prime. And as long as it ain't stupid windy, it won't be like, put her in the front of the boat around a buzz bait. I'm going to follow it with a six-inch black fly. Yeah. I'll take that consolation it, it'll be, prize. Well, it'd be like running the dinger, di- the dinner bell out there, and then any fish that's the senses are open to, you know, that they might perk up for a slower fish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, slower presentation behind it. Mm-hmm. Where are you being? They'll be alert on it. You know, that's on just edge. it. Figuring out how to work what she's doing, comparison to how to might work be able to use her as a teaser. Use her, use her as like the. What do you do? Troll a big thing around in the ocean? Yeah, the, <laughs> the big marlin teasers. Oh, yeah. yeah, there they for, come. Have her, like for stripers, bring them up. Oh, speaking of stripers, uh, we we alluded to something earlier when you weren't here. Oh yeah, what's that? Um, that 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 wasn't a big enough hint for you. Oh, the big stripers. Yeah. Like yeah. The real deal ones. That's cool. So uh, this week, your buddy Chad Wild. Yeah, Mr. Chad Rock. I was looking at plane tickets to go there. You know, you would sit on a plane for like five hours. Oh, five hours ain't bad. It's a one hour, one and a half hour flight. What are you talking about? To go ride to catch some stripers. Sometimes I get dumb ideas. An hour and a half flight? To go to Massachusetts? Yeah. Yeah. Just hop on that and go. Yeah. Well, I mean, Heck yeah. and it's cheap, but. I thought you said five I, hours. I said, no, the, it ain't no, bad. Yeah, there is some five hours. There's. It must be layovers. Layovers in New York or something. What? Uh, probably be cool too. Who knows? But I, don't, I ain't got no five hours on no plane. Sh- it, so hopefully it's not five hours on no plane. We took some There's of them. Snakes uh, on a plane. <laughs> nah, I just couldn't be in a plane for five hours. That's why I'm like, yeah, what's up? Where's the one way? But they're pounding them, huh? He got some river, uh, riverhead Bufords off me. Took them up there and used them on stripers. Pickerel. Did, did well, pickerel. Large mouth. 
But they got, I think he said, a uh, handful of 25-plus stripers, too. So good Those size are big fish. fish yeah. yeah, good fish. Pounds? Inch. Oh. 25-plus inch. Oh, a 25-pounder. That's Ooh. what I'm talking about. That'd be stud. <laughs> like, like what the other them boys are catching out but there. But they, uh, the they get some, they get some solid fish up there. And that is uh, nothing that I even ever crossed my mind. That's the funny part. I would have never thought about no. throwing your flies for that. I would. Yeah. In like pausers, yeah. Once he like told me, I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if they're throwing like big beast flies and stuff like that, it's the same thing as like a muskie. I mean, if if that fish is gonna eat that, he's gonna eat this all day. It's no different. Yeah, like the all white and the pink and whites. Yeah, it. So, I would have never thought of it, but no. yeah, and it, we yeah. said work great because within like twenty casts, because I was hooked up. Oh yeah, the Sweet. fish are there. <laughs> Must be fun, huh? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, no, man. that's the shit, man. Well, why wouldn't it work, Mark? <laughs> uh, you know what? what would, wait, what would you throw if you stepped up to the beach there? Who would you think to throw on? Honestly? Some, something more straight I, on? I would throw a lefty. Something more straight on? Probably a yeah. lefty. And if lefty didn't work, I'd go to a clouser. And if that didn't work, then I'd go big, something gaudy on the top. Yeah, I'd throw deceivers all day. You yep. Know? And then, I would, yeah. Yeah, but don't you like to catch one on the big fly? I tell you what, though. That riverhead, I've been <laughs> using a lot like this spring for pike. And just when I was taking Macy out mm-hmm. for bass and she was throwing that on a lake that really never produces any muskie, I'd throw that fly and... Works good for pike, largemouth, smallmouth. Yeah, everything seems to eat it. Yep. What the fuck you got us listening to here? It's a (laughs) (laughs) Primus in the Chocolate Factory. So I accept. It's Primus doing Willy Wonka. Gotcha. Do uh, do we have anything else? Top water. Top water rules in the summer. (laughs) Yeah. Why in God's freaking Greener, would you take a ski boat onto a 200-acre lake and make circles all day long? Come yeah, on. You have nothing better to do on Sunday. <laughs> make a whirlpool. He's cutting the weeds up for you. You better thank him. <laughs> I used to do it with my buddy Ernie and Steve's above-the-ground pool. We'd, we'd make a whirlpool. And the, the, the middle would uh, suck down about four inches from the outsides. I'm sure he's trying to do the same thing on that lake with his ski boat. What a absolute! It's it's funny to watch. Have you seen dudes out there surfing yet? Yeah, today. That's that lays a big wake. Man. Oh no 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 no! Not surfing, not surfing. Yeah, surfing no. behind boats. Little no. stand up like. No surfing. No, they get They were uh, wakeboard. Where the hell's the wave at? They fill ballasts up in their boat to make the boat super heavy, and uh. then they go like. Gotcha. They gotcha. go like four miles an hour and just kick this giant wave, and then they surf on the wave like four feet away from the boat. On there, they do it? Yeah. They do it there. They do it on Conneaut. They do it on Shenango. <laughs> it, surfing, man. Never did that's it. another good reason <laughs> for me to be out of there by nine. Yes. Oh, dude, yeah. Well, but that sucks. That ain't your local Sur- lake. You don't just drive ten minutes. You know no, what I mean? Ernie used to have a surfboard. But it is what it is. I mean, well, it, it, you know what? And honestly, it's really right now the only retreat for me to get away from temperatures. And not that they're sustained enough to worry about. And I'm not saying that. But it's pushed a fish out in a lot of the bigger lakes. And a hard-pressed So they're just find them. deep. They're, they're seeking the temps and you can't reach. Yeah. 
that time. Low water, I think, this year. Yeah, low so water is hurting it. Yeah, it's hurting it because it's just that the shallows are heating up fast. Yeah, our temperatures haven't been crazy around here, like we've air temperature-wise. We've had full I mean, sun, though. We've had that's full, it, full because, sun like, today, and no rain. It's 63 degrees. That water temperature went from 71 to 73. Yeah. On a 60, and it did end up hitting 70 by the end of the day, but that was while I was there. Imagine if it was 85 today. I mean that it's just it's so shallow, and you can tell a lot of it's getting stagnant because you're getting that deep dark brown color and clear water. It's just it's just not looking good. I mean, there's nothing much in the forecast right now, is there? No, there's not. So yeah, it's I I it's low tide. I've been watching the <laughs> forecast like I've been watching the news lately. Yeah. Not at all, because yeah. always bad news. <laughs> Yeah, at least in the weather, you could be wrong. Yeah. Ru- ru- and you'll just ruin a fish trip. <laughs> what, a, what a job, right? So. So, yeah, Jason Jason will be back soon with his sweet-ass stories, hopefully. Um, we, we wished him luck this week, and hopefully he caught some fish. Stay tuned on our Instagram page, because we'll, be, uh, we'll be posting some pictures from his trip. Sneak peeks. Yeah. Uh, tonight's show brought to us by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. A-Rex hooks, musky flies, saltwater flies, trout. Find them at A-Rexhooks.com. Also, Yeti. Check them guys out, Yeti.com. Also, who we want to shout out over here? Eric Johnson, tonight's guest. Check Our man. Carpaside, Minneapolis, and the brewery, Modest Brewing. Sims Fishing. Find them. Simsfishing.com. Tonight's show been recorded at the Urban Fly Company studio. Check them out at urbanflycompany.com. Why not fishing? They're at the dock. QCG. QueenCityGuiding.com.